Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's very easy for us sinful human beings to get things turned around, to get things all mixed up in our lives. Many people have already been celebrating this season and well, for, for many people, if Christ just happens to come along on Christmas, well then, that just happens to be good timing because they happen to already be celebrating. Many people miss Christ's birth altogether because they are too busy celebrating Christmas. It often happens that we get our priorities mixed up. That we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of celebrating Christmas that we forget to celebrate Christmas. Our scripture readings today speak about people who similarly had things turned around. People who experienced God's presence with them and his special, miraculous coming to them. They were people who at first missed the point, but later were turned around by God himself. In our first reading that we uh, read from 2 Samuel chapter 7, we saw that King David wanted to build a house for God, a temple, a permanent worship structure. He appreciated all of God's many blessings to him throughout his life. God had enabled King David to bring peace and prosperity to that emerging nation of Israel. And then as David sat in his own fine house, a palace that he had built for himself, Well, David reflected on the fact that God had no house for himself, for the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence among his people. There was no permanent place of worship for God's people to come and worship God. And so David intended to do something about that problem. And certainly we we can evaluate that David's idea was good, that his intention was good, Look at what God said to David. David, are are you going to build a house for me? No, you, you have it turned around, David. I am going to build a house for you. I've done so much for you already, but I'm not done yet. And I'm not talking about a physical house or building, I'm talking about your family, the house of your descendants. Your royal line will become very special. In fact, it will last forever. Your house will last forever because it is from your family line that the Messiah will be born, the Savior. God acts and we are saved. David really thought that he was about to do something significant, but God turned him around. God took charge and and turned David into something far greater than David himself had ever imagined that he could be. Not a temple builder, but the ancestor of the Messiah himself. What an effect David's house has had on the history of mankind. Look also at the Virgin Mary in our Gospel reading. A young woman from an insignificant town in Galilee, which was considered by the majority of the Jewish people at that time to be a backwater territory, a no-name small town of Nazareth. 
very unlikely person in an unlikely place. And although it may perhaps have been very normal for a Jewish woman to hope that she might be the one who would be blessed to be the mother of the long-awaited Messiah, it's also probably very likely that this thought hardly could have crossed Mary's mind. Aside from how small the odds were out of all of the women of the nation of Israel over all the millennia since God made that first promise of the Savior, she herself also was not married yet, and she had been obedient to God's command of chastity before marriage. And so, pregnancy, humanly speaking, was impossible for her. But God had other plans, and God can do the impossible. Surprise, Mary! You've won that lottery. Imagine how she must have felt when the angel told her that she was to be the mother of the Messiah, of Jesus, the Savior. Well, we read that at first Mary was greatly troubled by the angel's greeting. She was afraid. She was confused. How will this be since I am a virgin? She asked. But God tells her through his angel, remember that I am in control. Let me use you for my purposes. I know what I'm doing. Let me take charge of your life and turn it into something very special. And so the angel announced to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. No, David and Mary, you don't do it. God does. You are not responsible. God is. You don't call the shots. God is in charge. He can do and he will do his wonderful deeds without your help, without any human qualifications. What wonderful deeds he does. Look at what he did for King David. He turned his house into the family of the Messiah a family through whom all nations everywhere would be blessed, a family whose impact on the world is, as a result, everlasting. Look what he did for Mary. He turned that humble young woman from Nazareth into the mother of the Messiah. He made her specially blessed among women. And look what he did for us. After all, that is the point of Christmas. God sends his Son as our Savior. God gives us his answer to the hopelessness and the helplessness of our sin. God sends his Redeemer as a little baby in a manger, conceived and born as a true human being to be our Savior. And yet how easy it is to get it all turned around. Even the people at Jesus' time got mixed up. Many people couldn't believe that this was truly the Messiah. They couldn't believe that God's promised king would come wrapped in in swaddling cloths and lying in a feed trough for animals in a stable. Others could not accept the fact that Jesus was a spiritual king, that he came to save people from their sins. Too many people wanted it their way and not God's. They wanted the Messiah to be a political savior, to be someone who would save them from the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire. But they had it all turned around. 
They forgot to let God be in charge. And somehow they forgot to celebrate Christmas. And how about us? Do we get it turned around? Do we sometimes get so caught up in our world and the way we want things to be in our way of celebrating Christmas that we fail to celebrate Christmas? Are we in charge or is God in charge? Does Christ come because it's Christmas or is it Christmas because Christ has come? The first thing we need to remember is that like David and like Mary, we don't tell God what to do or, or what we want to do or what we can or cannot do. No, God is in control. His will is what counts. And that goes for everything that we do, and it goes for Christmas, too. We don't make Christmas come. God does. Yet how often don't we say, well, when are we going to celebrate Christmas? Or when will we just have time to enjoy Christmas? When will we get done with all the hustle and bustle and shopping and looking and driving and cooking and eating and drinking and worry and scurry that all too often dominate Christmas so that we can have a little time left to celebrate Christmas? That sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? It seems as if we are too busy doing all the things involved in Christmas that we forget to celebrate Christmas. We do get things turned around. All of a sudden, before we know it, Christ is the last thing we think about instead of the first. Christ becomes an afterthought to our Christmas instead of its very essence. No, we don't make Christmas. The holly and the ivy, the garlands and the wreaths, the, the presents under the tree, the decorations and the parties, the cards and the letters, those things do not make Christmas. Picture, if you can, uh, the stable in Bethlehem with, with a string of, of lights along the peak of the roof, uh, perhaps with a floodlit sleigh and reindeer up on the top of the stable roof. Is that what Christmas is? The tinsel and the trees? then we'd better get down on our knees in repentance because that is not Christmas. Take it all away, and what do we have left? Christmas. Pure and simple. It is God's work. He decided when it would happen. He decided how it would happen. He didn't need us to make it Christmas. He did it himself. And thank God that he did. For when we really get down to the true meaning of Christmas, we find that it concerns what we cannot do, and that is save ourselves. That also is God's work for us. The birth of our Savior and ultimately his life, his death, and his resurrection are not something that we did, but something that God did for us. Just as it was his action and his power that brought the child to Mary in her womb, that child who was called holy, who was called the Son of God. But how hard it is for us to keep that straight. How easy it is for us to get things turned around. We want to help. We want to have something to do with our own salvation. 
We have to believe to invite Jesus into our hearts, to surrender to him. We must try to lead a good life. Surely God will reward me for trying, for coming to church, for working hard to uh, make my confirmation. We find it hard to admit that we are totally helpless, that we cannot keep God's law by ourselves. In fact, we can't even come close to keeping God's law. We find it rather humiliating to have to admit that our only hope, our only salvation, lies in the person of a helpless baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a feed trough. But God turns us around. He tells us that we don't have to save ourselves. We don't need to work out our own salvation in order to make our peace with God. He has done it for us. He is in charge. He is in control. That baby in the manger is our Savior and our Lord. The impossibility of a sinner to be made holy on, by his or herself is indeed possible with God because of Christ's atoning death in our place. That same Holy Spirit who miraculously changed Mary's life has also changed our lives because we too have received God's gift of grace. And yet we still want to help. Yes, Lord, I'll do this and that and that and this. But God says, no, wait a minute. You're still getting it turned around. I'm not done yet doing things for you. Not only have I called you, not only have I saved you, not only have I made you my own through faith in Jesus, but now I am also going to make you into something very special. As was the case with David, as with Mary, you, your whole life will be my special possession. I'm going to use you as my servant. I have important things in store for you. Don't get it turned around. You are mine, and I am in control. If we look once more, we see how God turned David and Mary around and, and how they responded with, with hymns, with humble praise to God. David says, Who am I, O Lord, that you have showered your blessings on such an insignificant person as I am? Lord, I am your humble servant. Your will be done. And Mary responds, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Yes, you and I are the servants of the Lord. What a special privilege we have. God, you take hold of us. You take charge of my life. You use me as your servant. That is what we can say this Christmas. Because we are God's humble servants. Instead of running around and hurrying to try to make Christmas happen, instead of working furiously to hurry up and celebrate Christmas, let's just sit back and let God make Christmas for us. Let God work in our hearts. Let God bring that baby of Bethlehem to us as our Savior. Perhaps the best way to celebrate Christmas is not by celebrating at all, but rather by just taking time to sit and think about what God has done for us.
and then to exclaim, Thank you, God. You have saved us. You have made us your own through Jesus. That is what Christmas is all about. What God has done and not what we need to do. Yes, Lord, turn us around. Don't let us try to make it Christmas with all of our ideas and effort, but let us rather accept Christmas the way you have made it for us. Amen.